everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday. It's November 5th. It's 2020, and we're here to talk some specialist stuff. And um, this week on the docket, we got PSU fans, too, as always. Uh, Sean, we got some college football to talk about this week. Yeah, big week this week. We got the start of the matching on Wednesday night, and then we got two-game Thursday slate, three-game Friday slate before we even head into the weekend where the Pac-12 is going to be showing up for the first time. Yeah, so I'm sure you've been super busy. Um, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, and there's a slate that goes live in a couple hours, and we got some big tournaments up for that. But uh, we get to talk a little bit, you know, different here uh, with the two-game Thursday slates. Um, hey, it, it seems like Thursday and Friday have had the same teams because, like, the last couple of weeks we've talked about this. We've had some of these teams already. Yeah, I think that we definitely have some recognizable teams. With I know Wyoming and Colorado State were on a slate last week. So it's nice when you have those teams just repeat themselves so you're pretty familiar with them. Let's get into it. Uh, we'll start with the two-game Thursday slates. Um, it's Nevada against um, Utah State, right? Utah State Aggies. So um, what are you looking at in this game? So if you start out on the Nevada side, they, they throw the ball a lot. Nevada generally throws the ball a lot. Well, one of their top two receivers, Elijah Cooks, looks like he's going to be out for the year for surgery. But what that does is it makes all the receivers really strong. Uh, if you look at their receiving core, you have Romeo Dubes, who is going to have just probably a massive game here. Uh, he had an 18-target game, his, their first game of the season, where he had 12 for 117 and 2. And then last week against UNLV, he had six for 212 and a touchdown. So you can expect a massive volume for him. Um, but also it gives a bump to Melquan Stovall, Justin Lockhart, and Cole Turner, who all saw upticks in their volume due to Cooks being out. So you're definitely going to want to target some of the receiving core in cash and GPP. Um, Dubes is obviously the standout of the group, but Justin Lockhart – had a touchdown last week, and he's probably the guy that directly is benefiting the most um, and fills into Cook's position. So you definitely are going to want to look at this team, and you might even play a couple receivers from them. Um, from their team in the running back department, uh, Toa Tau is their leading running back, and he came back last week. Uh, he was okay in the game. He had a touchdown, didn't have tons of volume, and generally their running backs split quite a bit. So uh, their running backs are not terrible. Uh, Tau is generally involved in the pass game, so he's not an awful play, but you're not going to get a mass volume situation from him. And then Carson Strong, uh, their quarterback, he's not the most mobile guy in the nation, but he's going to throw the ball probably 30, 40 times if it's a close game, and he's already had uh, two 300-plus yard games with multiple touchdowns. So I, I think Strong is going to be one of the better options at quarterback on the slate. And then if you look over at the flip side at Utah State, they're kind of a disaster right now. Uh, Jalen Warren, their top running back, who logged like 20-plus carries in game one of the season, ended up just not playing out of nowhere. Apparently, he got rolled up in practice um, from a lineman and just didn't play, and it wasn't noted anywhere. I had him in the, the slate he was on. So uh, if he doesn't play, Henry Cole, who the transfer from Utah, will probably get a majority of the touches and would be possibly interesting due to his cheap price point. But other than that, there's not much you really want on Utah State. Uh, some of their receivers are okay for GPPs like Tompkins and McGriff. Uh, they've both had pretty good volume through their first two games with like eight targets apiece each game. But uh, Nevada is a 16-point favorite, so look for the Nevada pieces. They're going to be the keys to your slate on Thursday. 
All right. Um, and on the other one, we got Wyoming and Colorado State University. Um, we've already had these teams. Like the, the hey, like I know some of these names. Um, like, you know, these are these are two teams we've had on slates before. Yeah, it's it's definitely a nice thing to see generally when Wyoming's on a slate, especially against a team that isn't great. Um, because Xavier Valade is gonna get fed the ball. Uh, the game against Hawaii, he ended up with 32 carries for a buck 63 and two touchdowns, and then had two catches for 32 yards. I thought he ran pretty bad in that game watching it, and he ended up with 35 points. So uh, Valaday is going to be a guy you're going to see just blow out the projections this week, and he's projected higher than any quarterback on the slate by a significant amount. All right. Um, it's... It's always interesting when you're like looking at college football players and stuff like that. Like when you we, you were talking about the other game being so potentially pass heavy, like Valade and you know the Nevada passing game seems to be like the easy chalk like way to approach this two game slate. So um, where can we be potentially different, even just looking at this game? Yeah, I think if you want to try to be different, a good way to do it is going to be with the Wyoming receivers. Um, if they don't lead this game the whole time, which they may not, the spread's about three and a half, their receivers are all incredibly cheap and they're going to rotate a lot. So someone's going to probably get there, but you don't really know who. Uh, my favorite's probably Trayton Welch. He's 3,100, but in the first game of the season, he had eight or nine targets. Last week with them blowing out Hawaii the entire game you had a situation where they didn't throw the ball at all so he really only had one target and was pretty much uninvolved but this seems to be a bit more of an even game and then on the other side of the ball we're gonna have to wait and see what happens at quarterback Todd Sentio was the starter last week but was really really ineffective and got pulled at the end of the game but it was incredibly late so we're not really sure who's going to start but their top receiver, Dante Wright, was announced out about an hour before the slate last week. Um, and we saw Trey McBride blow up, especially at the end of the game. But Dante Wright is been uh, cleared, so he should be back this week. So Dante Wright could be a guy that could be very interesting. And then the other guy that I think is really interesting on this team is Ajon Vivens, uh, who's a 3,600 receiver. However, he played as the backup running back in the last game. We saw Vivens end up with eight or nine carries. So I, I think Vivens is a very interesting piece because if they end up trailing in this game and just the way that things looked last week, Vivens was the better running back. So I wouldn't be shocked if we see Vivens get a decent amount of carries for 3,600 at receiver. What's awesome too about right is like when you're looking at like the DraftKings page, there's not like a fantasy point per game or a game log for him. And like in college football, I found that like, I don't play as much as you guys, but I just, I found that like this seems to always lower the ownership on people. Definitely. There are a lot of people that go out there and they're game log searching. And if people don't have game logs, they're just thinking they're not playing or they're not good for whatever reason. So you have a guy like Wright who probably would have been the best receiver on their team last week. Well, you see Trey McBride had 30 points. Well, Dante Wright, if he played in that game, easily could have ended up with 20, 25 points. He just didn't play. So we ended up seeing EJ Scott get a vast majority of the targets, but he was very inefficient on his uh, target share. So I, I think Wright's a very intriguing play that people are not really going to go to due to that reason. 
And you guys have projections and stuff up for this two-game slate. Uh, just run me down like the specialist package in general here. Yeah, so the specialist package involves everything on draft or anything on the DFS industry that isn't the core four, which is NFL, PGA, MLB, and uh, golf. I forget one. Of, I might have doubled up one of them. And then Stevie's NASCAR package. But anything else within the industry you'll find in the specialist package. Uh, it'll include college football, basketball, MMA, soccer, CSGO, League of Legends, Australian rules football, basically anything that's a little bit more niche and specialist, you'll find in our package. Yeah, and you guys spend a ton of time in this. And like the Discord, like the Discord is such, it's worth the price of admission. Like the projections are fantastic, but the Discord, like you guys, you and Alex are always in there. Um, like the college football Discord channel is always going. It's always something that you want to be paying attention to, um, especially like, two game slates like they're currently talking um mac right now like there's a slate that starts here in a little while and like they're currently talking about that in discord like discord is always um you know if, for, for whatever sport nfl anything like the core four like anything that you have like pair them together pair the spash just the specialist package and the core four package together and um take advantage of this let's move on to I, I was just finishing out my lineup really quick that um, I built while we were going here. Um, let's finish. Let's talk about this three game Friday slate. Three game, three game slates in college football are fun because um, there's just so many different ways that you can go usually. And just looking at some of these teams, there, there seems like there's going to be a lot of different ways to go here. We got you know North Carolina State and the Hurricanes, Miami uh, kicking us off here. Um, I hope North Carolina State beats them by 50. I'm a Gator. I don't like the Hurricanes. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Going into this Thursday or Friday slate, you're going to hear a whole lot of me not liking plays. So uh, just just brace yourself for it. But, yeah, when you're looking at Miami, first of all, Derek King is the best quarterback on the slate. Um, he's who you're going to want to start your cash lineups with generally. Uh, he's very mobile. Hasn't been as mobile as you've seen in previous years from him, but – He's still a very solid quarterback. When you go to running back, it gets interesting. So Cameron Harris came into the season as the main running back and the main focal point of this offense, but they've split it three ways. He tweeted on, uh, I think last week, about how he's been disrespected and not been getting touches and whatnot. And the coaching staff adjust or addressed it privately, and he deleted the tweet. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of split happens between Harris, Cheney, and Knight going forward. Uh, but it's very interesting with what we're seeing from Cameron Harris because they're just not giving it, but he's priced incredibly cheap. So if you're thinking that they might give him a little bit more volume, I think he's a great play. Um, and then on the receiving front, there's really a lot of spread. Harley Jordan Pope and D Wiggins are like their main receivers, but nobody's really producing great. I, I think Harley is the best of the bunch. He has the best, most consistent target volume, but you don't necessarily need to play anyone with Derek King. If you look over at the NC State side of things, there's not much to like. Uh, Bailey Hawkman's the quarterback, not very good, not very mobile. He's the backup filling in for Devin Leary. So you're not very impressed there. And then when you look at the backfield, you have Zonovan Knight, Ricky Person, and Jalen Houston. They all split very, very evenly. Um, nobody really gets involved in the pass game tremendously. 
except for Zonovan Knight gets a few targets a game, but nothing that's uh, earth shattering. So their running backs aren't great. And then you look at the receivers and there's not much at the receiving core. That's really, really impressive. Um, Emeka Emmons is probably the best option on this team at any position, but overall there's not much to like on this team. This game or this team, like this whole game. Uh, well, I would say both, but there's <laughs> not much on this slate in general. It's a very, very ugly slate. So like I said, you're going to hear a lot of me not being thrilled with plays on this slate. And it's just going to be consistent for the all three games, I think. Yeah, like at least like Brevin Jordan has upside, um, right? Like a little bit. Like he's a guy that as a wide receiver could potentially put up like 20 plus points. Yeah, Brevin definitely has upside. I, I think that the receiving the receiving options for Miami are solid. I think Brevin Knight's solid. I think Harley's solid. Um, I think Pope and Wiggins for what you get for them are solid. So I think that these receivers for Miami are not the end of the world. I just normal situations and normal slates. You're not playing guys like this, but this slate, I think you're going to have to consider them. <laughs> fun three games slate when you're considering bad plays. Um, always fun. Um, let's go to the next one here. We got, uh, what is it? San Diego state versus, uh, is it San Jose? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, West coast, we go East to West here. Um, what do we like here in this game? Yeah. So this game is tricky because San Diego state is very good defensively and historically is very good defensively. The issue is that San Jose state has two elite receivers that just get fed volume in Bailey Gaither and then Trey Walker. Um, in the last two games, Bailey Gaither has got 12 targets and 11 targets and Trey Walker last game had 16. This is a guy that we've seen before just absolutely go nuclear. In the last game, he had 16 targets and had caught nine of them for 107 yards and two touchdowns. The issue is this is about the worst matchup they'll have the entire season. So um, the, the nice thing with it is you know where the volume's going to be. The negative with it is it's just not a good matchup at all. But I think Gaither and Trey Walker are both in play. Uh, the backfield is not impressive at all right now. Um, they're going to split three or four ways, including with one of the receivers, Isaiah Holiness. He's been getting uh, carries and he's been getting some targets. So he might be an option at 4,400 receiver. Uh, he's probably going to get you six to eight carries, maybe two to four targets in the game. But otherwise, their running backs aren't great here. And then Nick Starkle is their starting quarterback. The issue with him is he's not mobile, and they actually have a second quarterback, Nick Nash, that comes in and plays a lot of the running downs, so you don't really want to go there. Uh, on the flip side, San Diego State is an ugly team. Um, they run the ball and then run the ball, and then on the off chance they like have something different, they still run the ball. Um, the issue with that <laughs> is they run four to five running backs, and it's a very hot hand situation. Um, in the opener, nobody had over eight carries for them. However, last game, Greg Bell got a massive volume game. And you can see the last uh, two games with Greg Bell, he's gotten tremendous volume. However, the snap count has not been there for him. And the way that they've done it for two to three years is if he fumbles or just doesn't start out hot, he's going to be sitting on the bench and not play very much. And at 8,200, that is a very tough pill to swallow. Um, their quarterback isn't really in play. He has no real mobility and they just hand the ball off over and over again. Uh, so you're probably only going to get 15 to 30. You're probably going to get like around 20, 25 uh, 
pass attempts. So it's just not really impressive, which then takes you to the receivers. And nobody's really going to get many pass attempts because they don't throw the ball very much. Uh, through the two games, Kobe Smith is probably – it's either him or Jake Matthews, but neither of them has gotten above seven targets in a game. So San Diego State's very, very ugly. But I think for GPP purposes, you might want to look at their non-Greg Bell running backs in Chance Bell, Jordan Berg, Keegan Williams – They've all been getting volume as well. And if it's a situation where, let's say, Greg Bell does not start off strong, all of a sudden one of these guys could get a chance in a hot hand situation and might be able to provide value for it at a lower price point. All right. Um, historically, like BYU is always a team that's, you know, fun for DFS. Um, Boise State is always a fun team for DFS. Um I haven't really followed these teams in the last couple of years. Is that still the case? Is this like the game we're going to be pretty much loading up on? We're probably going to be relatively heavy on this game. The issue with this game is that you have a lot of questions and concerns. And also both defenses are very strong, especially BYU. BYU's defense has looked fantastic to start the year. So you start the BYU side, and Zach Wilson is priced out of this world. Um, he's been fantastic this year, though. I, I think he's probably been a top five to ten quarterback in the nation and might be in play. The problem is it's going to be difficult to play that price point for him. Um, the BYU running backs are not super impressive. They've been splitting between Algeyer and Katoa, and you're not going to get a volume situation. If you look through both of their logs, it's just not a situation where you're going to get volume. Um, all guy has sort of distanced himself, but it's not a guy who you're fist pumping in. And then look at the receivers. Uh, Gunnar Romney is actually back off of being injured. And earlier in the year, he was priced around eight or nine K. So Gunnar Romney's probably the most mispriced player on the slate. The issue is, is it's never super fun playing a guy coming back off of a hamstring injury, I believe. But at 5,500, he's a very strong play. And then Dax Milne, they get involved in offense. Um, they do a lot of different things with him, including carries. But at 8,500, it makes it difficult to pay up to him. Um, on the flip side of things, so Boise State, last week, Hank Bachmeyer, their quarterback, all just didn't play. It was just not announced until 30 minutes before the game that he didn't even travel. So if he does not travel again or does not show up, uh, J- Jack Sears is interesting. He's 6K and at least is an option, but it's not a fist pump option either. Then you go to the running backs and George Halani, their starting running back, got hurt like one series in last week and didn't return. Um, in that situation, Andrew Van Buren literally had every touch, every carry for them. So in the event that Halani's out, Van Buren is an elite play, despite this being an awful matchup. And then if you go to the receiving core, uh, I really like Khalil Shakir. He's one of the guys I actually like on this slate. Um, the matchup's terrible, but they get him heavily involved. He probably will get... 10 to 12 targets along with maybe two to four carries in this game. So he's just a guy that is heavily involved in the offense. And if you have someone that heavily involved on a slate where there's just a lot of ugliness, I, I generally like to play someone like that. So I, Shakir is probably my favorite receiver play on the slate. And then CT Thomas for them is a deep threat. Um, he's sort of playing like the John Hightower role from last year. And he's a pretty solid option. It's just generally worrisome because he's not going to have a massive talk target share and the matchup is not great. Like if you look at the last couple of games, he had four and two targets, um, which is just priced incorrectly. And then my favorite value play probably from this team is John Bates. He's their tight end, but he's gotten 14 targets through two games. So at 3,500, that's probably one of your better value options on the slate. 
There you go. Can I play Octavius just because of his name? You can play Octavius. Octavius has uh, been okay to start <laughs> this year. He has three targets each game. So at 3,800, though, you can play someone like that, especially if you're trying to play a guy like Zach Wilson. What's crazy is, like, tight ends and DFS college football always seem like they're always underpriced and nobody knows their tight ends because they're marked as wide receivers. And, like, I would have never even looked at John Bates um, had yeah. you not said anything. So. Yep, it's, and actually, like uh, BYU has a tight end that's been being more and more involved in Isaac Rex. Um, we we've been bumping him up. He seems to be more involved in the offense um, on the other side of the ball in this game. But yeah, usually tight ends are really really poor. But we have two tight ends this game that at least have been used a bit so far this year. Yeah, like man, I this is an interesting slate. Like you know, just kind of messing around with building a team. I always do that. Um, in general, whatever sport it is that we talk about, and like, there's no like, there's no like clear team to build. There's a, it seems like there's a few different ways to build a team. So, uh, should be a fun slate. Like, even for a three game slate with what you said, there's not a lot of options. There definitely isn't. There's no options that you're like excited about. Like last week, we had <laughs> Muhammad Ibrahim, who was like, oh hey, he's a really good play, and he ended up having 41 carries for like 250 yards and four touchdowns. So like, I if you have a situation like that, that okay, we have good plays this week. There's some guys you can play, but you're not like, hey, this guy's getting me 40 points most of the time. On the Thursday slate, you have that with Validay. You don't necessarily have it on the three game slate. Yeah, man, that's it's interesting. So, um, I know you guys have been rolling out soccer stuff. There's plenty of soccer stuff going on. Um, you know, like listen, it's it's that time. Um, you guys have. Your MMA show, um, MMA coming up. It's a it's a pretty big MMA slate, right, for this weekend? Yeah, I think it's 10 fights. I think there's some COVID issues because they're back in Vegas. We had one canceled last week, and I haven't fully dug in to see what's happening with this one, but I, I think there's only 10 fights so far for this weekend. Yeah, COVID, man. Um, Matthew Stafford just got ruled out for this weekend because of that. Like that, we just got done recording the football podcast a little while ago, and um, that changes uh, obviously with that game. So, um, never know what you're gonna get. Like we have some CS:GO stuff. There's a CS:GO showdown slate tomorrow um, with Forza and Virtus Pro. So there's some. There's we should get some really good. CS Ghost slates um starting like Friday and like next Tuesday this weekend. I, I say they're good slates like this weekend. We won't get good prize pools this weekend um because of football and college football and all that stuff going on. But like next Tuesday, there's like nothing else going on next Tuesday. Um, so like the CSGO contest could should be like really, really decent next Tuesday. So I'm pumped about that, Sean. I like big. I, I took down a tournament yesterday. Like I, I like big CS:GO slates. Yeah, the, the midweek stuff is getting some good action because there's just nothing else going on. So like the midweek, the the prize pools in these sports are are really nice. Fanduel even brought CS:GO back. That was nice. Yeah. That's where I that's where I took down my tournament. Like I won by seventy points. Like you guys should trust Nico, man. He's the goat. Um. Anything else with this college football slate? Like, I don't I don't see anything else on this two-gamer. No, not too much. I, I think that you're just going to have to pick and choose um, some spots that aren't super exciting, but something's going to get there. And if you can play some of the more appealing guys and then pair them with some of the more 
Purdy options, I think that's the way to go. All right. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. Quicker podcast this week. Um, take advantage of Discord, guys um, and gals. Like Discord, Sean will be in there. Like I'm, I'm sure we're going to get done recording, and I see people asking questions and like the CFB chat, and like uh, I'm sure we're going to get a little, little, little red message from PSU fans too um, in Discord here in a few minutes. So, um, Sean, always fun doing the podcast with you. Um, we'll have a couple weeks off, and then we'll be back. We should be um, back right around some more Mac action. Maybe we'll do like a Mac action um, podcast because aren't th- aren't those games like insanely high scoring usually? It depends. Uh, they, they generally have a couple good defenses in the conference and everyone else is sort of a disaster. There we go. Specialist package here at Roto-Grinders. Hockey, college football, college basketball, soccer, MMA, eSports, WNBA, and anything else that's niche. That's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow talking Sunday night football and Monday night football and maybe some CSGO if we have some decent contests for the three-game slate. Hope everyone has an awesome Thursday, and we'll see you guys again on Friday.